Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris and with me always is the Jim Halpert to my Michael Scott, Tony. Say hey, Tone. <laughs> hey, man. That's a good one. How are you this morning? So is, this, so is this technically episode 30 or is this episode 29? Technically, it's episode 30. So episode 29 was our bonus was our episode. Bonus yeah, but uh, in the way that we have to list it in the host, uh, we had to put it as a, uh, you know, additional episode. So well, the big 30, the scrounger, the scrounger episode. Exactly. The week of slow news. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I think the reason that the news is slow is because Comic-Con is coming up here pretty quickly. And everybody is probably trying to hold on to their, uh, you know, new trailers and information and news coming out uh, for Comic-Con. That makes sense. Yeah. Buddy, this week was definitely a tough one to come up with news, but nonetheless, we did find some. Yeah, actually, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think we got some pretty good stories. So uh, getting started the way we do uh, every week, uh, we're going to throw out some shameless plugs about the things that uh, we've got going on besides the Proton Pack podcast. Uh, Shameless plug time. Yeah, Yeah, we should come up with a uh, soundbite or something. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have one today, so we're just going to get the... There you go. All right. Uh, the first one uh, is... <laughs> it was... <laughs> that was a star Xbox One star. It was delayed. I hit it right after Boom Shakalaka, but gotcha. on my end. Computers little... running a little slow this morning. Yeah, it's a little slow. I hadn't been used in a week. It's it's a little... It's, a, it's tr- trucking along. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. Uh, the first shameless plug is the uh, nonprofit that I run. It's uh, Rough Riders. We pull dogs from kill shelters in uh, rural areas and uh, overcrowded shelters, bring them back up, find them homes. And, uh, you know, we always love having new followers, new people checking us out. We're all over social media at Rough Riders Saves. And uh, we've got some great program initiatives going on that we're raising some money for. So uh, go on, check out our uh, website, roughwriters.org, if you want to learn more about that. Uh, Tony's Shameless Plug is a uh, radio show he does each and every week, if you want to uh, give us that info. Yeah, I jump on and do a show called Pop Culture Kaboom with Jimmy Jones. Um, we stream live every Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on 95.1 FM KNVC. It's also live streamed to the world at KNVC's website, knvc.org. Um, so with that, what we discuss is everything. Jimmy does the bulk of the show. I jump on for the movie segment, which airs, well, yeah, it gets on about mm, 7.30, 7.40 between that time frame. However, um the Pop Culture Kaboom Show covers uh, everything from Comic-Con events, um, comic books, action figures, board games, uh, video games, as well as um, movies. So if you're interested, please check it out. And uh, that's all I have for that little plug. 
Very cool. And the uh, last shameless plug is our sister website, totallyrad1981.com. It is a site that uh, sell T-shirts that uh, have logos inspired by the eras that we grew up in, the 80s and 90s. And then, of course, if you follow us on Totally Rad 1981, specifically the Instagram page, we've got some really cool throwback uh, commercials and TV intros and cartoon intros and, and things that just you know bring you back to your childhood if you grew up in those eras. Excellent! Yay! All right. Uh, getting into TV news, uh, the first bit of TV news coming from Netflix, um, sort of a same, along the same lines as when uh, Friends was leaving Netflix, everybody flew into a rage, started freaking out, and Netflix ended up keeping the series for at least a little while longer. Uh, another huge series is scheduled to depart the streaming service uh, in no, 2021. God. No! God, please, no! No! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> That's a little hint. Uh, the other hint was obviously at our introduction at the top of the show. We're talking about the massive hit, The Office. Um Starting, starting Steve Carell, and uh, you know, you, you had a dopey uh, um, Jim Krasinski uh, before he became the huge star he is now. But uh, right. you know, The Office has a huge following. Um, it's a show that, uh, again, when it was on, I never really got into. Uh, executive produced and created for the U.S. market by a creator that we've mentioned that we love numerous times before, uh, Michael Shore, who did uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place. And so uh, if you are going to get caught up on The Office, you've got some time, January 2021, but uh, you can stream all of those until then, at which point it looks like the show is going to move over to NBC Universal's uh, streaming service um, from there. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, I think the NBC Universal will be a good streaming service in its own right. But again, this is we've covered this numerous times on this show. It's a big time and oversaturation of different streaming sites. So you're going to need to pick the cream of the crop there uh, if you want to catch your favorite shows. The cream of the crop! <laughs> <laughs> and it is one of those things that, uh, you know, as... Each of the networks are having their own streaming service and, you know, the big ones like Netflix or Hulu are starting to lose those shows. Uh, they're going to have to step up with their own original content, which Netflix does pretty well. Hulu's getting there. Um, there's a show I don't know if you've seen. Uh, it's uh, produced by George Clooney called Catch-22, and it's a World War II drama comedy. It's really good. No, I have to check that. I have not seen that, unfortunately. I've been kind of slacking in the uh, TV watching department, um, well, with being in Disney and then um, just getting back in the swing of things. And yeah, no excuse. I'm like behind just Jessica Jones just dropped, you know, the, the, her final season. So, yeah, definitely some good TV out there. And that, I'll be checking that one out. Catch 22. Yeah. And ultimately, if all of these services went to the same price point that Disney Plus is supposed to be at six ninety nine. You could have them all for less than the price of cable, but uh, you know if they're going to be fifteen dollars, nineteen dollars, then eh, I might yeah. skip. Yeah, wasn't it like didn't we talk like DC was wasn't they weren't they nineteen ninety nine or something? I don't know if they've got a monthly uh, one. Something crazy. I think they're yearly only, and it's like seventy five bucks, which actually isn't that big of a, a deal. No, but... if you break down a monthly price, because Netflix just hiked their price again at the end of May. They went, geez, when I started with them, they were seven bucks for streaming, and that and that's all the way up to thirteen and some change now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're the granddaddy of them, and they sort of command that with uh, you know the quality of shows that they've got. Um, you know, as far as original programming goes. Uh, speaking of original programming, uh, Netflix is getting a new series um, based on the old 1980s movie, The Dark Crystal, which is a Jim Henson property. And uh, 
I don't know if you saw the trailer that dropped a couple weeks ago, Tone, but uh, it looks really good. It's a great combination of uh, like practical puppetry and CGI, and I think it's going to be a, a really good show. Yeah, I think it's going to be good as well. I'm looking at the images here, which we'll put up on our Facebook page. So if you check that out, um, you'll see this article we're discussing. Um, but I think the fact that, uh, you know, not only is it going to to be a good show, it's the notable names that are going to be in the show. I think that makes it quality, like they're going to give it the time and effort, which is a good thing. Yeah. And so they just voice cast is crazy. Exactly. They just announced six new people to join the voice cast. So these are the folks joining it. Just to give you an idea, you have Lena Hetty, who, uh, you know, Cersei from Game Game of Thrones, Benedict Wan, Wan boy, you can tell it's early. Benedict, oh, Benedict Wan, Wan, yeah, big time fella. <laughs> from uh, Doctor Strange, Aquafina, not really familiar with her. Uh, Hannah John Kamen, who. Hannah John Kamen, who was Naya in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, David Goals, um, who was from the original Dark Crystal, and then the big name that dropped was it's Sigourney busy. Weaver. <laughs> who, Sigourney's Beaver? Sigourney. That's what it sounded like in my ear when I... <laughs> Because I made that fizz gig comment and out my ear, I heard you say Sigourney's Beaver. <laughs> we know that's not what her name is, but exactly. uh, Sigourney Weaver, that's a huge one. Yeah. And as I mentioned, those are the ones being added to it. Here's just a quick rundown of the other confirmed voice cast. I mean, huge names. You have Taryn, Ed- <laughs> Taryn Edgerton. Anna Taylor-Joy, Mark Hamill, Eddie Izzard, Andy Samberg, Simon Pegg, Alicia Vikander, Natalie Dormer, Helena Bar- Bonham Carter, Mark Strong, Jason Isaacs, and Keegan-Michael Key. I mean, huge names, good voice talents. Uh, they are definitely put everything into this show to make it the best it can be. Yeah, I think that's good with kind of going old-school puppetry along with a little CGI, a little modern-day technology, and a huge all-star cast. I could see this show um, being a big-time show. I mean, I don't really remember much of The Dark Crystal as a kid. I know I watched it. I don't really remember it. But uh, nonetheless, this could be a good reason to get back into that to check it out. Yeah, and, you know, again, for me... you know, the Jim Henson movie that I really loved was Labyrinth. And so Dark Crystal I, I saw that. once, but that was about it. I do remember Labyrinth. That was a fun one. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on from streaming services to more traditional TV. Um, we mentioned Comic-Cons coming up and uh, Warner Brothers Television has announced their lineup for um the shows that they're going to discuss, the panels that they're going to have. Obviously, it is no um, secret that um, CW is going to be the big focus of that, considering that's where most of their shows lie. Uh, what's interesting is I'm looking on here, and there's very few DC Universe things that they're talking about. Uh, but you're going to get, uh, you know, Batwoman, um, Black Lightning, uh, The Flash. Legends of Tomorrow, and uh, even uh, Arrow is showing up, even though it's their last season. Um, and then they're also going to be doing something with uh, the new epic show, Pennyworth, which uh, obviously follows Alfred in his younger days before he becomes the um, Bruce Wayne Butler. Yeah, my still favorite Pennyworth was from Gotham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Pertwee, yeah. Sean, Sean Pertwee. <laughs> oh, no, Pertwee. A <laughs> couple other things they're going to hit on uh, at DC, or, uh, at uh, Comic-Con is uh, DC Superhero Girls, uh, Veronica Mars, which uh, obviously is a WB property, not so much DC, uh, Teen Titans Go, which is big. And then I saw last night they just released a trailer for the um, – Warner Brothers animation, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Which, yeah, uh, I was. I, it's it, funny. I watched that too, and I was going to throw that out for our trailer of the week till you found something different, uh, which we'll talk about a little later. 
Um, and I actually watched the whole trailer. It looks freaking funny. It yeah. looks really good. Yeah, I like the animation. It looks great. So Yeah, and it obviously uses the animation from the original Teen Titans series and then Teen Titans Go. The humor is, is spot on. And, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the old series or, you know, you're like my boys who love Teen Titans Go, um, it'll be something that I can enjoy with them. Yeah, I think that's I, that, well the thing, same thing. Every time I see Teen Titans go, I still see Corbin busting a move. Yeah, <laughs> like, to, the, to the screen during the intro. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So uh, that does it for TV news. We're going to move on to movie news and start out uh, as we do every week with weekend box office. The um, box office report. Here we go. <laughs> The dominant number one, which is absolutely no surprise, was Toy Story 4 uh, with a whopping $118 million, uh, in its opening weekend. To infinity and beyond! Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, apparently, its Thursday night preview openings were uh, second all-time behind uh, The Incredibles 2. And uh, we're going to get into a little review of it here after the box office report. But uh, Tony and I both had a chance to see it. Yes, we did. And will it be good or will it be? We shall find out. Stay tuned. Uh, in second place was the new version of Child's Play with $14 million. Uh, I do still want to see it. I've heard uh, that it's an entertaining movie. And obviously you've got uh, Chucky being voiced by Mark Hamill, which... You know, anything Mark Hamill does, I'm on board. Yeah, it's. I still want to see it, too. Um, not going too much of a tangent with that. I watched an interview with Mark Hamill, and when he did the voices, he didn't know what lines they were going to use, and he uh, had not seen the movie until it actually came out. So <laughs> That's funny. He didn't really know what what to expect, but he did voice it. And uh, um, Aubrey Plaza, who plays the mom, said she was so terrified doing like she was over it like she just wanted to get the movie done and she was on the ellen show and she was she's being her normal self you know kind of that oddball that that she i don't know if, if that's how she is in real life or if that's just how she portrays herself on tv but right. uh, <laughs> but she's not like i think she could be that way um but anyway she's sitting there with ellen and you know how every once in a while ellen will have something pop out of the table or whatever's between her um Anyways, they had a big old Chuck, somebody dressed as Chucky pop out and scare the just complete out of her. It was That's pretty hilarious. Dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. If I find the clip, I'll put it on the page. <laughs> um, just a good laugh. I was watching a another interview with Mark Hamill, and they said that this take on Chucky, obviously the original was a serial killer soul who's transported into a doll, and he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, with this take, it's AI that becomes um, you know, cognizant of its uh, existence. And that uh, what was sort of neat was his actions, you know, the doll Chucky, you know, sort of felt that what he was doing was what he needed to do was right. It wasn't like he was a serial killer who was motivated to just kill. And so I don't know how true that is. Obviously I haven't seen the movie yet, but I like when they give, you know, those sort of motivations to characters as opposed to just, I have to kill and this is what I do. Right. <laughs> That's what I do. I just gotta do it. <laughs> I don't have a good Chucky voice this morning, so. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, in third place with $12.2 million was the live-action remake of Aladdin. Yes, still going strong, Mr. Yep. Aladdin, sir. Um, in fourth place was the PG-13 sequel Men in Black International with $10.7 million. Uh, Tony and I are also going to give our review on that. Had a chance to see that one. In fifth place, we have The Secret Life of Pets 2 with $10.2 million. <laughs> uh, sixth place was the Elton John biopic Rocket Man with $5.6. I, I saw that movie, too, this weekend. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Ah, everybody else I talked to said they actually liked it. <laughs> I'll give you a quick review like after we do our other reviews. I'll keep it real short because I haven't even written a horrible review for it yet. Okay. Uh, hanging into the top ten at seventh place is John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum with $4 million. 
Excellent movie. Uh, eighth place, Godzilla King of the Monsters at 3.7. Oh, Godzilla, it's still terrorizing. Get that poop sound ready. In uh, ninth place was uh, Dark Phoenix with 3.6. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and closing out the top 10 was Shaft with 3.5 million, which I actually heard was a pretty decent movie. Yeah, I did too. It got really good reviews. Obviously, it did not find a home at the box office because it completely <laughs> the bed. <laughs> well, and I think it's a victim of its release date, you know, yeah. like being surrounded by so many other bigger budget movies. Um, it, it was going to suffer regardless. Yeah, they should have waited for August, I think, to put that out. Yep. yep. I don't know why, uh, why studios don't get that. If you know you're you're going up against big time movies like um, Toy Story 4, why even open near it or uh, um, Avengers or Spider-Man or you know, anything like that, I typically would probably as a studio, if I know, like, you know, I'm not going to really get the best, uh, you know, return on investment there. I think I'll move it. But I'm not in the movie business as far as that goes. So. Right. If they want our opinion, they're more than welcome to reach out to us. Uh, we'll be paid on retainer and, uh, yeah, we'll give our opinions all day long. all right Uh, going into movie reviews uh the first one um might as well start in chronological order uh was men in black international i took my boys to see that and um you know reviews coming out on it were not favorable no but honestly going reviews yeah going into it i went in with low expectations i wasn't expecting the um you know, the Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, um, um, Barry Sonnenfeld, you know, type of movie. I it was expecting just a, a movie to sit back, eat some popcorn and enjoy. And ultimately, that's what I got. You know, it, it had some um, good laughs, you know, obviously reunited uh, Chris Hemsworth and um, Tessa Thompson. Uh, Tessa Thompson. You know, they were both in Thor Ragnarok together. You know, the twist at the end I saw coming a mile away, but uh, ultimately, when everything was said and done, I enjoyed it. It was a good summer popcorn flick that, uh, you know, was a, a nice waste of two hours and, and was enjoyable. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, man. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 23%, but wow. uh, I, I I don't agree with it on that one. I, I think it was an enjoyable movie. I went in low expectations. I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as awful or horrible as everyone says it was. I thought it was a nice spinoff in the men in black universe. Definitely had nothing to do with Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones, but a good entry. Um, had a fun story, good little cameos from like Frank, the pug. And yep. there was a painting of Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith in the back of, um, high T's office. And, uh, and, and as much as I, I thought I would hate this character. I really liked Pawnee. <laughs> yeah, the little, dude, the little dude made me laugh. So, and I thought he was gonna be lame, just completely lame as, but he was not. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think you guys, if you go in low expectations or at least at a matinee at the very least, I think you'll enjoy it. So, uh, I agree with you, man. I gave it four out of five on the horrible reviews. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, well, not fantastic, but a good movie. Um, speaking of fantastic and at the end did did i see it correctly was it actually directed by f gary gray yeah it was it was directed by f gary gray yeah yeah so i mean he's typically a more serious uh movie director um you know baron barry sonnenfeld has that uh um you know slightly wacky almost tim burton-esque you know he did the original three movies but uh i think f gary gray did a, a good job um and i like I said, I enjoyed it. I did too. And, you know, unfortunately the critics butchered it. So maybe it'll find better success when it comes out. Cause I mean, it's, it's not doing as well as it probably could have done. Yeah. You know, previous sequels. So. Right. And if we see a sequel to this one, who knows, you know, maybe like you said, they'll find success in the uh, home video market or on streaming. And then they'll decide to put a sequel into the works from there. Right. Uh, a movie that, absolutely lived up to the hype was toy story four um 
I went and opening day saw it by myself. No shame in that whatsoever. Um, sitting in a kids movie, you know, theater on my own. And uh, God, it, it was a good movie. The animation, I mean, the how far they've come with the animation is just amazing. Uh, amazing story, great voice cast. Again, you have a villain whose motivations were genuine to them. And uh, it, you know, it worked. And then, of course, Forky stole the show. Yeah, I thought Forky, well, not only like when I gave it a con, if I had to, I'd say um, Forky is probably the laziest character they've ever made in the series. But once they gave that character a little life and a little a little bit more character as opposed to just being trash. (laughs) in the beginning um he did become something great and uh great story and i think the only thing that kids might not like in it are the uh dummies in the antique (laughs) shop because they are kind of creepy i did hear a kid tell his mom that he was scared so so that would be the only thing but i mean geez uh what a fun story like you said the great animation the opening scene where it's all lightning and thunder and raining just unbelievable animation um uh ducky and bunny are hilarious duke yeah. kaboom is cool <laughs> he's amazing and of yeah. course keanu reeves having this resurgence right now uh you know he nailed that character he did it was i think it was a great i'm not gonna spoil it for anyone listening just go see it um i think it is a great chapter or if it's a finale in the franchise it's a great finale um just uh and the little unicorn also made me laugh a lot in that movie <laughs> like yeah. trying to frame bonnie's dad was pretty good <laughs> that was pretty hilarious yeah now i don't know if it was just the theater i saw it in but um and you can tell me otherwise tone but i think this might be the first pixar movie that didn't open with a pixar short yeah i it, mine did not my it just went right in because i thought when it was dark and it was raining and stuff i thought that was going to be the short that's what I thought too. Yeah. yeah, it was not a short. We busted right in, and um, yeah. So I can I can vouch for you on that one. Well, and not only that, but even as the intro, and I saw that it was you know Toy Story related, and they had the characters. I thought, oh, you know, it's a Toy Story short before the actual movie, and it took me about five ten minutes to realize, oh no, this is the actual movie. Yeah, it was. It was good, yeah. Once it started, I mean, it kind of just gives a little backstory of uh, Bo Peep and how she... Because if you really think back, yeah, she wasn't in Part 3, so... um, For one reason or another. But I haven't seen Part 3 in such a long time that I didn't really think about that. So it was nice to give it a little... Here's what happened to this character. Here's what could have happened. Here's where we're at. And it jumps in, really, not too long after Part 3, so... Yeah. Yeah, because and I thought first, too, I was like, it was so cool how they kept like the Andy voice and Andy's mom stuff. But I think those were just old clips. They kind of just weaved in there, but still really good. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, If if you haven't seen it yet, I definitely recommend going out and seeing it. See it with the family. Um, It's funny. It definitely has some heartwarming moments. And, you know, even as a parent, uh, you know, got me to tear up a little bit. Yeah, it was it was good. It definitely, like we said, definitely. A, I gave it a perfect five out of five on the uh, old horrible scale there. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving from one side oh. of the. Oh, real quick, uh, Rocket Man. You had asked why everyone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm not going to go into a big review on it. Just for I think. I'll lay it on here. If you're a fan of Elton John's music, uh, you're going to like it. It's it's more of a musical. I think I kind of expected it to be a little bit like Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe not too much to that extent. But instead, it was definitely a huge musical, and it was just weird. It was real trippy, you know, like I think it's because it was set up as a musical. Like mm-hmm. every time they got to a different chapter of his life, and I think it was a little out of order – I don't really know. I don't know Elton John's life. I just, for me, I was just weird. Okay. Uh, it was hard for me to enjoy. It was also hard to enjoy, like, 
you you got like people in the audience like the girls next to us they were giggling a lot and stuff and it's like every time there was a gay scene or something they're like and it was just like whatever dude you you know he's gay so right just took you out of the moment yeah you just it was hard to get into it it was just trippy but you know gives a good i think when it's all said done does give a real good detail of the things that made Elton John who he is and everything and phenomenal, phenomenal artist. But, uh, as far as a movie goes, I was not entertained. I was actually just, I was just not into it. So I'm one of those random critics. It's just like, wouldn't for me. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Um, at this point I'll probably have to wait till it's out on Netflix or hope video to see it. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend the theater. All right. Uh, Boy, just had a total brain fart. Uh, moving on from one side of the rating, <laughs> one side of the rating scale to the other, from G to R, um, we've been excited for it. Chapter two for a long time uh, brings back, you know, the kids of uh, Dairy, uh, obviously as adults, and you've got uh, some great actors: James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa. Um, Mustafa, ooh, say it again. <laughs> Mustafa. <laughs> so uh, we're getting some more information coming out of uh, the movie. Obviously, the first one relied on the horror being a little more psychological, whereas uh, we're hearing that this one is ramping up the gore factor and the scary factor. And uh, screenwriter Gary Doberman said that he's uh, actually had a chance to see the final product and that he's really happy with it. Um, you know, he, he, he wasn't quite sure what to expect, but knew that they were ramping it up and even mentioned that, uh, you know, the first trailer that we saw that uh, teased that whole Jessica Chastain scene um, basically said that uh, it contained record-setting amounts of fake blood. And so that just should give you an idea of, uh, you know, the type of gore that they're ramping up to. Yeah, it's um, – I read in that article, which, again, we'll have up on our Facebook page um, – Definitely the fact that they're hyping it up. And I mean, just even just that teaser trailer we got was perfect. So I have no doubt that this is going to be a great um, second chapter to uh, the new uh, It reboot. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm excited. We got to wait a little bit. It comes out September 6th. But uh, as more and more information comes out, I think they just dropped the second trailer. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And... They're doing it right. They're coming out at a time that they're not going up against a whole lot of uh, big blockbuster movies. Nope. They're going out in September, which is what they did when it first came out. They picked September, end of August, September, when the first one came out. So I think that's the nice sweet spot for that one. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, so only two, really a little over two months, and that'll be out. So that'll be a good good one coming out. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I don't have uh, any clown laughs today so oh, that's okay <laughs> going that. going from one stephen king movie with buckets of blood to another stephen king movie with buckets Ooh, of blood it, trailer of the week it's the trailer of the week uh, that wasn't a good trailer of the week music so we'll figure one out <laughs> there you go. so we are getting we're getting a sequel to a Stephen King movie that, honestly, I think is coming just too soon after the original. I don't know about you, Tone. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. just joking. Uh, uh, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, they, they should have waited a little bit longer, I agree. So Right. Um, what I'm talking about is we're getting the sequel to the Stanley Kubrick 1976, 77 movie, um, The Shining, which obviously famously had uh, uh, Jack Nicholson in it. Here's Johnny. Um, great movie. Stephen King hated that adaptation of it, which is okay. Um, but we're getting the sequel starring Ewan McGregor called Dr. Sleep. And uh, last week they dropped the trailer. It's our trailer of the week, and it looks good. I mean, it it definitely plays along the tone of the original Stanley Kubrick movie and then brings it here into the 21st century and uh, looks like it has some pretty creepy stuff in it. 
Yeah, I like that it throws back. Because if you don't know Doctor Sleep, if you just watch the trailer, you're going to be like, what the heck is this, The Shining? Because it throws flashbacks as best they can of a recreation of um, when Danny was little on the bike and he saw the two girls around the uh, Overlook Hotel. Red rum. So, yeah, when you see that and then he's just sitting there, I mean, you're not going to really put it together completely without knowing. Um so this one uh, is to basically give you a synopsis of the movie is it's, you know, Dan Torrance remains traumatized, He's struggling with alcoholism. He's traumatized by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlook Hotel when he was a child. He hoped for a peaceful existence, but becomes shattered when he meets Abra. I don't know if that's how you say it. Abra, Abra, a teen who shares the extensory wow i cannot read extensory <laughs> gift of the shine together they form an unlikely alliance to battle the true not a cult whose members try to feed off the shine innocence to become immortal okay so the synopsis definitely doesn't jive with the trailer the trailer looks creepy so um just totally looks awesome too ewan mcgregor is uh, dan torrance and uh yeah it the trailer hooked me i watched it last night and i, I dug it yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, and go check it out on our Facebook page, uh, just to give a little plug there. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Proton Pack Podcast. All of the stories, all of the trailers we talk about uh, end up on that Facebook page. So um, if you don't know where to find it, that's where you find it. Yes. So um, definitely can't wait. That movie drops in November, so that'll be something to look forward to. November's another busy month, but... Um, so actually it says it releases globally October 30th, but we get it here in the U S November 8th. So not too far after Halloween, but you know, yeah, and, nonetheless, uh, it's early enough before any of the big November movies come out. So yeah. And about a month and a half between the two Stephen King projects. Yeah. So that gives it enough time. Yeah. So I think that one's going to be good. I look forward to it. Yep. So <laughs> moving on to the next one, which staying in the vein of horror, uh, when Tony sent me over the notes for, you know, all of the stories and, you know, Tony typically compiles the stories. I put them together, edit it on the back end. I saw the um, headline for this and it said, you know, the trench will be more of a monster horror. And I almost just discarded it because I'm like, what the hell is the trench? I've never heard of this. What? And then I click into it and realize that the trench is a spinoff of James Wan's Aquaman movie starring uh, Jason Momoa. And I started reading into it and thought, that is a really weird take for DC to to go. That's what um, I was thinking, too. And again, yeah. this is also that week where, you know, it's scraping the... Uh... You're scraping for a little uh, <laughs> news stories to uh, bring the show to you guys. Yeah, and we know DC has diverged from their extended universe, trying to keep everything Marvel-like. And, uh, you know, they're going into some slightly different projects, like the Joker, which, you know, looks to be more of a psychological thriller. But I, I was really sort of surprised that, you know, they were even going this direction with um, an Aquaman spinoff based on those, um, you know, creatures known as the Trench in the movie. Whether or not it works, we'll see. I mean, it's got James Wan behind it, who he directed Aquaman, but he's probably better known as a horror director, did uh, some of the Saw movies, some of the Conjuring spinoffs. Um, so we'll see. You know, it, again, this is the first I had heard of it. Um, and there's no release date. Don't know much more on it, uh, aside from the fact that they are working on the script right now. Yeah. This one could be one of those movies that ends up just being like, hey, we want to make this movie, but it may never, ever take off. Because, um, I mean, for someone like, you know, you guys out there listening don't know Chris personally, or you might, you know, um, I mean, of course, our friends and stuff that listen to the show. But uh, if you don't know about it, then I don't think most people are going to know about it because I didn't. I just it just happened to pop up on the news thing and. I did a little reading and I'm like, well, toss it up there. We'll see if it makes the uh, the show this week. So. Right. Well, I mean, that would be like um, Marvel making a movie about the brood, you know, an obscure race of, uh, you know, in this case, alien creatures and making it a horror. Uh, 
again, it may work for what DC is trying to do, but I don't know. I mean, I would honestly be surprised if this actually makes it to screen. Yeah, I don't think so. If if anything in my head, I was I just don't know. You'd have to find a way to kind of introduce that, you know, the character, the monster somehow, maybe in the Aquaman sequel. I think that's that would be your window of opportunity to to kind of plant the seeds for that. So, well, they they were in the original Aquaman in this last one. They were those, um, you know, the super depth creatures that, you know, uh, spawned off of the Atlanteans. And um, okay, so they did introduce them. They were, you know, probably the scarier part of the movie. But at the same time, I, I don't think it's enough to hold their own movie. That's right. just my opinion. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't think it'd be something I'd go be jamming to see, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, something that I would be interested in seeing is a new project that's uh, reportedly in development from uh, Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi. And uh, he's looking to write and direct a animated Flash Gordon film. Oh, I was hoping you had that soundbite. Awesome. Um, Flash Gordon is sort of a little-known character um, from a 1980 film. Obviously, uh, came out in uh, old, what were known as television serials, uh, black and white, you know, small episodic episodes. Uh, had a comic book line and uh, starring Sam Jones. And if you saw the movie Ted, you'll know exactly who that is. But... Uh, <laughs> Taika Waititi, who's got this great sort of uh, action meets comedy mind, um, looks to be developing this animated series. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know that they've been working on trying to do some sort of live action reboot of it. And uh, this might actually be the way to go. Yeah, I think so, too. It, and with him at the helm, I mean, even if it was live action, he, he'd still be able to, I think, visually pull it off well with the right budget. Um, and the right support behind it. But uh, this, with Fox and Disney giving him the support, well, <laughs> Disney owns Fox now, but yeah, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. I wouldn't, I would be surprised to see it on uh, probably, I would imagine they're Hulu, right? Is that what they're going for? Or are they shooting for the Disney plus on this one? You know, they didn't say it could either come to theaters along the lines of uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, or it could be just a uh, straight to Disney plus. My guess is if they go streaming, that's where it would land. Yeah, it's uh, I, th- I think it'll be good. It's just, yeah, I'm thinking of Ted and stuff like I think <laughs> I remember Flash Gordon. Like I never watched it when I was a kid. Um, I I remember seeing it at the video store when we worked there. And, uh, you know, just the ties from Ted. That's really it. So yeah. uh, Definitely, I think this is something they could pull off well based on the images. And I know about Flash Gordon, so I also know about <laughs> Flash Gordon, too. That was a cult movie. <laughs> so, yeah, not to confuse the two. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, staying in the uh, Disney Marvel camp side of things, um, we know, even though it hasn't officially been announced, that they are working on a Black Widow standalone movie. It's currently being filmed. It will obviously be, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, Avengers Endgame, a prequel, considering what happens to Black Widow. But uh, it looks... (laughs) It's looking like the villain for this movie is going to be somebody that fans have wanted for a long time, uh, which is Taskmaster. Taskmaster is a master of mimicking the fighting abilities of anybody he faces. And Sorry, so I hear the dogs howling. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> <laughs> that's they're, they're on the next floor up. So, um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's looking like he's going to be the main villain. Um, we've already seen some, uh, pictures, images? some images from uh, shooting that, uh, <laughs> basically point out a masked male character wearing blue and gray metallic armor, uh, have, has a hood and a backpack of some sort. And, uh, as soon as I heard that, I, I went, uh, both in, uh, Tony and I went directly to look at those. And, uh, uh, all I have to say is, you know, Marvel does their characters very well. 
I'm hoping that, as you had pointed out, Tony, that they add some sort of CGI element, or maybe even this is like just the introduction of the character and he morphs into what we're more used to. But uh, uh, why don't you give the, uh, the listeners an idea of what your take on the <laughs> how yeah. he looked was? So he looks like a uh, looks like the uh, they took Taskmaster <laughs> and uh, Black Widow's version is a uh, a cheap generic uh, Power Ranger version. This is what I got out of that. It looks like a cheap generic Power Ranger. <laughs> and it's funny because when you said that, it, it reminded me of going to the uh, swap meets and the flea markets where they yes! sell those Chinese knockoff versions of Power Rangers. And uh, that, <laughs> that's what immediately came to mind. Yeah. You wouldn't instead. Of, and also you'd get like your Marvel figures there, but they wouldn't be Marvel. They would be like Marvel and <laughs> it'd like the M-A-H-V-E-L, Marvel. Right. And then uh, Spider-Man with Spider-Man. Right. Or you had Spider-Man with a Superman logo on his chest. Or... Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? You're like, yeah. Uh, and we can't afford much. So, you know, we got to we gotta get the, the cream of the crop of the toys there. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, speaking of Marvel and Avengers Endgame, um, if you haven't heard the news already, and uh, when this is going to be dropping is on the day that it uh, comes back, Marvel is bringing Avengers Endgame back to theaters. I mean, it never really left, but... Um, I was going to say, all the AMCs out here in Denver are still playing them, so it's hard to tell if this is... Is it going to be a part of this event? Like, I don't want to go sit through it again and it not have that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'll be uh, okay with sitting through it. It was a great movie, but... And part of it I see as a little bit of a cash grab to try and top Avatar as the global box office winner. But they're doing some things that uh, look like it'll make it worthwhile. So in addition to a special introduction from Anthony Russo, one of the co-directors, uh, you also get to see an unfinished deleted scene and you get a special sneak peek of Spider-Man Far From Home. Um the other thing is they are going to be giving away a limited edition We Love You 3000 poster, which has the Iron Man version of the Infinity Gauntlet, which looks really cool. Um, so, I mean, if you we're going to see Avengers Endgame again anyway, or if you haven't had a chance to see it regardless, now would be the time. You get some cool extra stuff. Um, as far as the unfinished deleted scene tone, any guesses on what that might be? Um... I'm thinking from basically what I've read on Twitter and uh, all the other little sites that we get our news from, um, I, I'm hearing that it is possibly um, in the future. Like, if you remember back in Infinity War when Thanos, after he did the snap, he ended up in the uh, stone and he saw stone. the young, yeah, and he saw the young Gamora, and um, they're saying this time when he does the snap, it's Tony Stark in there, but he sees a grown up version of his daughter in there and, and they have a similar conversation, you know, of where they're at in life. So I think it might be something along those lines. Um, uh, other than that, I'm not too sure. I'm excited to see whatever it is. And, uh, who doesn't want to see an early little sneak peek of a movie we're going to see next week anyways, but <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> yeah. As far as the, um, you know, that added scene, that was going to be my guess too, is apparently there was an actress and her name ex escapes me right now, but, uh, me that too. I didn't, that's why I kind of left that, <laughs> I left that part alone because I didn't have an article up with it on there. So I just kind of was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know fans were disappointed to not see her in the movie. So this is probably where you're going to get to see her. I think so, too. Yeah. And so continuing along the uh, Avengers Endgame train, if you will. Um, <laughs> not long after this re-release, we're going to start seeing the home release versions, obviously in 4K, Blu-ray, digital, um, starting with the digital formats on July 30th. So you only have to wait about a month or you can pick it up on a physical copy copy uh, two weeks later on August 13th, which uh, I, I love the fact that the home versions come out so much sooner than they used to. Uh, back in the VHS days, you, you had to wait almost a year before you saw it. Oh, yeah. It was it was ridiculous how that was. 
And so uh, obviously with these home versions, you're going to get all kinds of extra features. Um, you know, the added features that they've listed so far are remembering Stan Lee, setting the tone, casting Robert Downey Jr., amount out of time, creating uh, Captain America, Black Widow, whatever it takes, the Russo brothers' journey to Endgame, the women of MCU, Bro Thor, um, six deleted scenes, a gag reel, visionary intro, and audio commentary. Yeah, it, that's definitely going to be a must-buy for me. I mean, it completes the collection anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, they're going to release a couple versions of it. You can get it. You can pre-order it now at uh, Best Buy for twenty-nine, as well as Target. Um, that's the four K version. Um, you can also get the Blu-ray version for $24.99 at both the mentioned stores and a Steelbook exclusive limited edition version at Best Buy for $34.99 if you're into the Steelbook collections. Very cool. Very cool. That's definitely a pickup for me. Oh, absolutely. And then yep. Target's limited edition will have a book version with like uh, definitely um, a look back book inside. So. Uh, little cash grabs here and there for you, but uh, you can get the digital version. Let's see, did we already mention July? 30th? July thirtieth. Yep. And then August thirteenth is when you can pick up a physical copy. So. Exactly. There you go. All right. Uh, so speaking of Marvel and uh, Comic Con, uh, Marvel notoriously over the last few years with uh, you know their introduction or you know their being pulled into the Disney camp, you know, they've done all their reveals and everything at D23 and they've stayed out of uh, Comic-Con. Well, it's looking like uh, Marvel will be back at Comic-Con this year. Uh, Hall H, which is their big one. Tony and I have been to a few of those and they're always super fun. Yeah. Uh, super hard to get into too. Very hard. You get we... in, it's like, <laughs> woohoo, you know? <laughs> Uh, we had to sleep on pavement the night before, and, and we just barely made it in for the uh, Marvel panel. Yeah, which, which we got to see um, Age of Ultron. We got to see an early clip of that, and uh, it was cool. We got to see the entire cast of the Avengers in there. Without Scarlett Johansson appeared on the screen, but she wasn't there in person, but we got to see all the other ones. That's even when they brought Josh Brolin out as Thanos for the first time. Yep, yep. And Good so... Times. As far as what's expected to be there, um, obviously they're doing D23 as well. Um, we're more than likely going to see, uh, you know, their first Disney Plus projects, including Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision. Uh, more than likely uh, something related to the Black Widow movie, considering that it's uh, already being uh, shot. And then uh, the other thing is they may make an announcement for what is supposed to be the next big team up, uh, which is the Eternals, which will uh, essentially, from what I'm hearing, uh, launch the whole phase for, um, you know, the next chapter of what's happening in the Marvel Universe. And uh, some of the names that have been attached to that are Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, and uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Who is Pawnee. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, he's popping up everywhere. In fact, yeah, that's a uh, stuber. That looks pretty funny. That does. I've heard good early reviews on that, that it's pretty hilarious. So, yeah, he yeah. has popped up everywhere. Yeah. So it's sounding like Comic-Con is the place to be. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it this year. I know you won't uh, either, Tone. No, but uh, we'll get this one. With any luck, maybe we'll be there recording live from Comic-Con next year. Next year. That's awesome. a good goal to shoot for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um the next story we'll just touch on briefly because I want to give you a little bit of time before you have to go tone for the video game news. But uh, DC Comics is shutting down their Vertigo line. Um, Vertigo, for those of you who don't know, was their more adult-centric uh, line of comic books. Included uh, titles like Preacher, Fables, um, Sandman, and uh, tended to be more horror had uh, you know sexual tones to it and uh looks like uh, starting 2020 um they are getting rid of vertigo vertigo and uh, they're relabeling their lines as dc kids obviously aimed towards the D dc uh dc um their standard line and then dc black label which i think will be more of their adult centered um content 
Right. So this kind of con- this kind of changes what we thought um, two weeks ago with DC pulling the plug on everything. They're just really revamping and changing it up so that way it's a little more accessible for uh, new and more casual comic book fans than what they're used to having. Yeah. So you know, it, it sounds like they have something in mind. Obviously, their editor in chief Jim Lee, who um, you know, if you don't know the name Jim Lee, just look up X Men 1990s. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he 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 was he's my favorite comic book artist. He shaped the whole 90s comic book era. Um, was a co-founder of Image Comics and obviously is the editor in chief now of DC. So um, if he's involved, I'm sure it's headed in the right direction. Yeah, I think it, it should be good and uh, sucks because Vertigo was such a popular brand. But, you know, um, I was never a huge DC fan. So personally, not to be selfish, it didn't really affect me much. But I know it's going to affect a lot of um, hardcore DC fans. So um, rest assured, at least the properties will still live on. They're not killing off the properties like some have early reported. So Yeah, they're uh, basically just renaming it. Yeah, that's it. You're just getting rebranded under a different name. That's all. Yep. yep. All right. And then moving on to our final story of the episode, uh, video I'm game news. Video games? Nice little tease right there. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2 was either just released or is about to come out. Um, uh, as we record this, it is Thursday, July. July yes, let's let's get in time here. Let's jump June ahead. June 27th, wow. Um, comes out tomorrow, so um, I don't have a physical copy play, but uh, Mario Maker drops for the Nintendo Switch. That's the big game this week, so... Um, as you know, E3 just wrapped, so they gave you a ton of games to tease. Uh, they'll start rolling out in September for the holiday season. Actually, I should say August. That's when uh, Madden and everything starts rolling. So yeah. Um, so that's when the big games. So during the summer, you've got little games here and there, like the big ones, um, Mario Switch or Mario Switch. Wow, Mario Maker Two for the Switch drops uh, tomorrow. Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three for the Switch drops um next month and then you know from there so we've definitely get each uh, month we're gonna get some type of big video game and uh uh i don't know did you ever get a chance to play mario switch uh or mario maker wow i don't know <laughs> switch. i'm going free I'm, I'm free handing it on this one or freestyling yeah. um did you ever play mario maker one on the wii u uh, just a little bit. My boys had it for a small period of time, um, played it there, but, uh, it was fun. You know, I liked the aspect that, uh, you know, you can build your own levels, you can play, um, levels built by other people and they range from easy to insanely difficult. And it just looks like Mario Maker 2 is going to ramp up all of those abilities, uh, make it cooperative. And uh, based on the reviews I'm seeing, people are loving it. Yeah, um, I think having a story mode so you can uh, actually have something to play through is awesome. Um, I think that's a nice change because it could be its own game. And then uh, it's just playing the old school Mario look and all the different... uh, you know, like seeing all this craziness in, you know, Super Mario World graphics and things like that. Um, it just brings out the creativity. They're saying, uh, I haven't got a chance to play this. I, I'll have my copy tomorrow. But uh, it is just, you get to build so many courses. Um, it does everything better than its already excellent predecessor. So it keeps the charm of the Mario game while introducing some incredible new ideas. Um, IGN gave it a 9.5 amazing, so um, which really does not surprise me. So I'll give you my opinion next week uh, when we do our next episode because I will have a copy. I will have played it by then, but uh, uh, I'm excited to play this one. And it sounds like it is the perfect game really for anybody. So I've mentioned numerous times that, you know, I used to play video games quite a bit more than I do now. I just don't have time for it. And so all of those big open world games or games that I could spend hours on, I don't have time for anymore. So I pick up more of the um, games that, you know, I can play 
in 15, 20, 30 minutes at the most, uh, typically fighting games or a sports game. And it looks like this is that perfect combination where, you know, if you just want to play it for 15, 20 minutes, you can bust out a bunch of levels that are pre-made. Or if you want to spend hours on end on it, you can do that too and create your own levels. Yes, so that will have a full review, hopefully without barking dogs in the background. (laughs) Gosh, they're going crazy on my end today. Well, to be fair, we didn't have any technical difficulties on this one, so uh, I, no, you know. That's good. Wrapped up just when we should, so that's uh, good time in there. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we thank you guys again for subscribing, downloading, listening, commenting, uh, everything you guys do to support us. Um, as we mentioned last week, we are on a new host, which is Anchor FM. You can find it on Anchor FM for, uh, anchor.fm forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. And if you really want to support us, there's even a little button there to uh, drop us a few bucks if uh, if you feel so compelled to do so. I agree. All right. Well, I guess we will be talking to you next week. Until then. Goodbye.